Greetings all, it's Julian Bray back again and I'm doing a series of podcasts because everybody else is doing podcasts so I thought I might as well get my little, well, my five minutes of fame all garnered together in, in one tasty little podcast. And if you have been here before then you know what to expect. Not a lot, but I do specialise in aviation, travel and holiday matters and I've just suddenly been rung up by a broadcasting outlet because a whole storm has blown up over this witch magazine uh, report because they are suggesting that, as I understand it, uh, everybody should be repaid any deposits and money that they've put into buying a holiday uh, where the holiday has been cancelled. But the problem is the holiday companies, as you probably well realise, have already spent your money on promotion and also securing the hotels, which they can't fly you to because the Foreign and Commonwealth Office uh, won't allow us to fly anywhere. And there's a small matter of coronavirus raging around the world at the moment. So what's to be done? Well, I will go into bat for everybody because when you look at it, you add it all up. If you've got a family going on holiday, you're talking about three or four thousand pounds uh, with all the expenses and uh, spending money as well and new clothes and making arrangements, uh, putting the cat into cattery, the dog into the doggery or wherever one puts the kennels, I suppose that is. And so it begins to mount up. And remember, this money that you've shelled out to your friendly travel agent, who's acting as an agent for the operator, not for you, um, has taken the money, banked it somewhere, sent it off. You don't know where it's gone, really, but it's somewhere between the travel agent and the operator. So we'll say that uh, the holiday company's got the money. And now you're wondering, well, is it going to happen? Well, first of all, we can't travel anywhere. And secondly, even if you got there, wherever you were intending to go, the whole place is going to be different. All the hotels have been closed down. All the staff have either been, well, probably let go or they've gone back. If it's a cruise ship, they draw their staff, their crew, if you like, and the hotel staff from around about 35 different countries. So they've got to fly all those back in. They got to suddenly start retraining people because the continual training programs have all gone, uh, and the same same with hotels. Uh, it's not going to be the same wherever you're going to go. That is the first thing to realise. Now, if you can afford to lose the money that you've already paid out to the travel companies, then fair enough but if like everybody else money's a bit tight and you want the money back the current situation is as i understand it as we are still in the eu we haven't left yet but you are due to get your money back within 14 days they must give you a full refund no deductions and that is the law the trouble is in trying to make this work they are putting up, they, the operators, the travel agents, are putting up all sorts of barriers because they're saying, well, uh, you must apply on this website uh, or you must make this telephone call or you must put in this piece of paper. And whatever you try and do, you'll find that you cannot get on there because 
they had been absolutely snowed under with requests for refunds. Now, obviously, if everybody, all the operators pay out, then many of them will go out of business because they are probably working on borrowed funds anyway. So they'll either have to borrow more money, uh, hopefully some of the bigger ones who have deeper pockets might have actually insured against a pandemic. Um, we don't know. Very few people have. And so they should be all right. But I really think people have to be selfish and consider what do I want for my family and my future? How secure is my job going to be? Because I am the the uh, the winner, the funds breadwinner. That's the, the number. What I'm talking about, the name I was trying to conjure, the breadwinner. So why am I giving these people a donation in return for a piece of paper? If that company goes bust, now remember Thomas Cook went bust. Uh, a string of airlines and holiday companies have gone bust over the years, right back to court line way back in the 70s. And really, a lot of people have lost a lot of money. Now, if you're left up holding a paper voucher for a holiday that might happen sometime in the future and the firm goes bust, you're not even what they call a secured creditor. You're unsecured and you're right behind everybody else uh, the, in the revenue, the liquidators who will put in millions of fees, I promise you, and all the other creditors, secured creditors, they will be paid out first. And then it will finally come down to, say, so much in the pound. However, if you've been very clever and paid at least £100, it's going to be over £100 of your, what's it, three or £4,000 invoice using a credit card not a, a credit card then you join in the credit card company in with the holiday firm so the point is you actually have another line of attack so uh, I would want if I was not getting anywhere with the holiday company I go straight to the credit card company and say I want my money back here's the situation they're not paying up and if you really want to mess with them, you use a system called chargeback. They don't like this because what will happen if you put in a chargeback to the credit card company, they will lodge a formal complaint on your behalf and they will suck the money straight out of the client company. It won't be out of the credit card card uh, holding it'll be from the client or the merchant as they're known as and uh, the merchant will say no I'm not going to pay that I'm going to fight it but the point is they will then have to allocate staff and resources in order to uh, get this knocked down so it'll probably be easier on their part if they just settled your claim and walked away so there are a couple of things to think about now, we are, we're not suggesting these firms are going to go bust, but we are living in very strange times at the moment. And frankly, if you think that uh, it's going to get any easier for the rest of the year, then, well, it isn't. I'm not, I've mentally written off the holiday season this year, and I'm looking towards next year, and I'm just hoping that some of the pubs and uh, restaurants will actually be open for Christmas 
because we really don't know if this terrible pandemic is going to come round again, which is highly possible. As soon as they lift the stay-at-home rules, uh, the medics are expecting the numbers to go up again. And that is the problem because there's always this time lag. So no matter what the politicians tell you, they don't know. They're like the rest of us. They're feeling their way at the moment. Um, they're not doing a terribly good job, it has to be said. Uh, but we, we're we getting off the main topic is of what we do about your holiday money. So my suggestion is that uh, if you can afford to lose the money, now think of that, if you can afford to lose the money, take the voucher. If you cannot afford to lose the money, then ask for a refund. And if you don't get any satisfaction with the company, and by the way, it's always best to put it in writing. Don't send emails. Do what they say and try and get it on the, the website. If that doesn't work, you then send a letter to the company secretary, a uh, formal letter uh, to their registered head office, putting out your demands, what you want. Uh, Money-saving experts have got some very good ideas on their website, and they'll be on uh, on talk, the Talkback program uh, tomorrow with me, and uh, that's at one o'clock, and you'll find it on the BB Sounds, on BBC Ulster, so uh, you can see, what, see how the uh, debate progresses. Anyway, that is one o'clock on Thursday, now, if we can actually get that done, then uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens because there might be a bailout somewhere, but I'm not too sure, to be quite honest, if there will be one. So we have to be very careful about this and see how it goes. So with that in mind, you have to make a decision whether you're actually going to get your money back from your holiday provider or take a piece of paper which is like a promissory note saying we will give you a holiday in the future and we might add a few extra bits in. But remember, of course, they don't know what is going to be available at the time and so on. Uh, it's pretty certain, though, that your insurance company, if you've got a regular insurance travel insurance policy, uh, probably won't cover it, but it's worth trying. But generally, where are we? We've had the first day of Parliament. Parliament's been back, and uh, uh, we've seen how they've spaced all the MPs out, and there's been 50 other MPs sitting at home on their computers. Now, they're getting down to a bit of business. We've got Keir Starmer is now uh, the opposition uh, head of the one, well, head of the Labour Party, and so he's challenging Dominic Rabb. So we've got the de facto leader of the opposition against the stand-in uh, leader, well, head of the government. So how's it going to go? We really need Boris step back, don't we, in order to direct the thing? But he's uh, trying to get better after his own brush with the virus. And that's the problem we had. But looking generally, I had a, a couple of bank statements in. I had a car loan out. And I see I'm still paying 22% on that car loan, when, of course, the current uh, rate of interest is, uh, is hover, hovering around the 1%. Uh, 
but uh, that was taken out in better days so I might try and refinance and get it down but uh, it's not a lot of money but uh, it's just quite amazing when you see how much is going out and how much actually goes to uh, pay back the bank loan but there's something to be done. I'm also getting quite a number of, number of people because I see them as they, as they walk around saying well why are we staying at home? I feel quite all right. And the problem is, it's not you, it's other people. And that is basically what it's all about. Now, when I go out, uh, I'm over 70, so I'm considered to be in the risky category, if you like. So I do wear a mask when I go into the supermarket. It's easy enough to, to get. Um, if you go on to Amazon shopping, uh, you can get a pack of masks uh, they're quite expensive for, for get 30 masks for around about 10 pounds so i know you can get them cheaper but the point is i've got them that's the main thing and they're there if i need them and i notice that uh, some other taxi drivers around here there are a few still around uh, they're all wearing masks as well but the whole point about this mask thing is to be very very careful with it because if you take the bog standard paper masks they will only last for about 15 minutes before they get wet and what you should do is not dry them out but get rid of them so bin them and you might say well I can't get masks I don't know how to do this you know I don't know where to go well I have a solution for you and it's very very simple you need three sheets of kitchen roll plain ordinary white kitchen roll and one J cloth and what you do you literally get a tube of Pritt stick that's a glue and a stick and you glue the three three sheets together around the edge and then you glue the J cloth cut down to size of the um, kitchen roll just glue them around the edge then what you have to do is to concertina when, when they've all dried and stuck together, concertina it. So you've actually got a white side, which will be the uh, kitchen roll on one side, and you have the J cloth on the other side. Now, this is quite important because the J cloth will be next to your mouth and nose because you don't want the kitchen paper side because that just fall apart so you've got this concertina and literally you can secure it with uh, uh, a paper clip or sellotape and then what you do you catch a rubber band in the left hand side a rubber band in the right hand side just fold over the edges and then you will have two loops the loops go over your ears and then you just put it on and pull out the folded concertina so it actually fits over your nose and over your chin. Now the smart people actually get something like a pipe cleaner and make sure that is included in the top seam. So that will actually bend over your nose and form a tight seal there. But it's, it's not really necessary. The point being you've actually now made yourself or get the kids to make them, you made yourself a very effective mask. And 
the thing is that uh, it will stop you spreading any germs if you got them and also give you uh, a level of security. The point being, if you're wearing a mask and somebody comes near you, they're going to think twice about getting close to you. It's a natural reaction. So whether it actually works for you or not, it is a good psychological move to actually have some. So I keep some in the car. Literally, I've got them strung over the car visor. Uh, so they're always ready to be used. Well, that let the cat out of the bag, didn't it? Uh, Chris Whitty, the chief medical officer, saying that um, it'll be a year before we get a vaccine. And then, of course, you've got to get everybody vaccinated. And they are also saying that hospitality is way down the list. So to my untrained eye, that would suggest that pubs, clubs and even holidays won't be around for at least a year because he said it's going to be 12 calendar months before they have the vaccine. Now, once they've got a viable vaccine and there's no guarantee that these initial trials will work, they then have to vaccinate the population so you don't continue spreading uh, this awful virus. So I think it's safe to say that don't expect the pubs to open this side of Christmas. And in fact, uh, if the virus trials the vaccine trials aren't successful, then of course it could be another six months down the line. So something has to give, but clearly they don't think that the hospitality business, and I include holidays, pubs, clubs, restaurants, are that important in the overall scheme of things. What do you think? But the real situation is that how many of these uh, smaller pubs can carry on? Because I'm hearing that some pub codes uh, including some should, who should know better. Batemans, for example, are still charging their tenants full rent for their pubs and expecting them to pay later on when they're back trading again. So that's saddling up extra debt uh, for these people on already very, very restricted tied uh, leases. So what can I say? Well, support your pub when they do reopen, but uh, the point is, we might not be in that position. We might not have the spare income, especially if we've been laid off for a while, furloughed as they're calling it, which is 80% of your salary being paid by the government, the rest of it topped up by your employer, if they're so minded. But uh, we have the situation where some employees are only being told that, okay, they're, sa they're safe for the next few months, uh, but not for the next year. So something clearly has to happen. And as it happens, I just happen to have uh, a list of those pub companies right here. Uh, the campaign group Justice for Licensees report that companies including Breakspear, Batemans, E1 Group, formerly Enterprise Inns, Green King, Marston's, Mitchell's and Butler's, Punch Taverns, and Six Pubs, bar Six pubs and Bars have merely deferred rent in the hope landlords will be able to pay from the emergency grants of up to £25,000 made available to small businesses. 
So, of course, the small business concern actually first has to apply for the grant, and it's a minefield of paperwork to get through in order to get the grant. And, of course, the grant won't be paid immediately. It'll take some while to get through because uh, the councils are actually paying this out. Well, that let the cat out of the bag, didn't it? Uh, Chris Whitty, the chief medical officer, saying that um, it'll be a year before we get a vaccine. And then, of course, you've got to get everybody vaccinated. And they are also saying that hospitality is way down the list. So to my untrained eye, that would suggest that pubs, clubs, and even holidays won't be around for at least a year because he said it's going to be 12 calendar months before they have the vaccine. Now, once they've got a viable vaccine and there's no guarantee that these initial trials will work, they then have to vaccinate the population so you don't continue spreading uh, this awful virus. So I think it's safe to say that don't expect the pubs to open this side of Christmas. And in fact, uh, if the virus trials, or the vaccine trials aren't successful, then of course it could be another six months down the line. So something has to give, but clearly they don't think that the hospitality business, and I include holidays, pubs, clubs, restaurants, are that important in the overall scheme of things. What do you think? But the real situation is that how many of these uh, smaller pubs can carry on? Because I'm hearing that some pub co's, uh, including some should, who should know better, Batemans, for example, are still charging their tenants full rent for their pubs and expecting them to pay later on when they're back trading again. So that's saddling up extra debt uh, for these people on already very, very restricted, tied uh, leases. So what can I say? Well, support your pub when they do reopen, but uh, the point is we might not be in that position. We might not have the spare income, especially if we've been laid off for a while, furloughed as they're calling it, which is 80% of your salary being paid by the government, the rest of it topped up by your employer, if they're so minded. But uh, we have the situation where some employees are only being told that, okay, they're, sa they're safe for the next few months, uh, but not for the next year. So something clearly has to happen. And as it happens, I just happen to have uh, a list of those pub companies right here. Uh, the campaign group Justice for Licensees report that companies including Breakspear, Batemans, E1 Group, formerly Enterprise Inns, Green King, Marston's, Mitchell's and Butler's, Punch Taverns, and six pubs, bar, six pubs and bars have merely deferred rent in the hope landlords will be able to pay from the emergency grants of up to £25,000 made available to small businesses. So, of course, the small business concern actually first has to apply for the grants and it's a minefield of paperwork to get through in order to get the grant. And of course, the grant won't be paid immediately. It'll take some while to get through because uh, the councils are actually paying this out.
So with that in mind, you have to make a decision whether you're actually going to get your money back from your holiday provider or take a piece of paper which is like a promissory note saying we will give you a holiday in the future and we might add a few extra bits in. But remember, of course, they don't know what is going to be available at the time and so on. Uh, it's pretty certain, though, that your insurance company, if you've got a regular insurance travel insurance policy, uh, probably won't cover it, but it's worth trying. But generally, where are we? We've had the first day of Parliament. Parliament's been back and uh, uh, we've seen how they've spaced all the MPs out. And there's been 50 other MPs sitting at home on their computers. Now, they're getting down to a bit of business. We've got Keir Starmer is now uh, the opposition uh, head of the one well, head of the Labour Party and so he's challenging Dominic Raab so we've got the de facto leader of the opposition against a stand-in uh, leader or well, head of the government so how's it going to go we really need Boris step back don't we in order to direct the thing but he's uh, trying to get better after his own brush with the virus and that's the problem we had but looking generally, I had a, a couple of bank statements in. I had a car loan out. And I see I'm still paying 22% on that car loan, when, of course, the current uh, rate of interest is, a, is hover, hovering around the 1%. But uh, that was taken out in better days. So I might try and refinance and get it down. But uh, it's not a lot of money. But uh, it's just quite amazing when you see how much is going out and how much actually goes to... Uh, pay back the bank loan but there's something to be done I'm also getting quite a number of number of people because I see them as they, as they walk around saying well why are we staying at home I feel quite all right and the problem is it's not you it's other people and that is basically what it's all about now when I go out uh, I'm over 70 so I'm considered to be in the risky category if you like so I do wear a mask when I go into the supermarket it's easy enough to, to get um, if you go on to Amazon shopping uh, you can get a pack of masks uh, they're quite expensive for, for get 30 masks for around about 10 pounds so I know you can get them cheaper but the point is I've got them that's the main thing and they're there if I need them and I notice that uh, some other taxi drivers around here there are a few still around uh, they're all wearing masks as well but the whole point about this mask thing is to be very very careful with it because if you take the bog standard paper masks they will only last for about 15 minutes before they get wet and what you should do is not dry them out but get rid of them so bin them and you might say, well, I can't get masks. I don't know how to do this. You know, I don't know where to go. Well, I have a solution for you. And it's very, very simple. You need three sheets of kitchen roll, plain, ordinary white kitchen roll, and one J-cloth. And what you do, you literally get a tube of Pritt stick. That's that glue and a stick and you glue the three three sheets together around the edge and then you glue 
the J cloth cut down to size of the um, kitchen roll, just glue them around the edge. Then what you have to do is to concertina, when, when they've all dried and stuck together, concertina it. So you've actually got a white side, which will be the uh, kitchen roll on one side, and you have the J cloth on the other side. Now this is quite important because the J cloth will be next to your mouth and nose. So you don't want the kitchen paper side because that will just fall apart. So you've got this concertinaed and literally you can secure it with uh, uh, a paper clip or sellotape. And then what you do, you catch a rubber band in the left hand side, rubber band in the right hand side, just fold over the edges and then you will have two loops. The loops go over your ears and then you just put it on and pull out the folded concertina so it actually fits over your nose and over your chin. Now the smart people actually get something like a pipe cleaner and make sure that is included in the top seam. So that will actually bend over your nose and form a tight seal there but it's it's not really necessary the point being you've actually now made yourself or get the kids to make them made yourself a very effective mask and the thing is that uh, it will stop you spreading any germs if you got them and also give you uh, a level of security the point being if you're wearing a mask and somebody comes near you they're going to think twice about getting close to you. It's a natural reaction. So whether it actually works for you or not, it is a good psychological move to actually have some. So I keep some in the car. Literally, I've got them strung over the car visor. Uh, so they're always ready to be used. Greetings, all. It's Julian Bray back again, and I'm doing a series of podcasts because everybody else is doing podcasts, so I thought I might as well get my little, well, my five minutes of fame all garnered together in, in one tasty little podcast. And if you have been here before, then you know what to expect. Not a lot, but I do specialise in aviation, travel and holiday matters. And I've just suddenly been rung up by a broadcasting outlet because a whole storm has blown up over this witch magazine uh, report because they are suggesting that, as I understand it, uh, everybody should be repaid any deposits and money that they've put into buying a holiday uh, where the holiday has been cancelled. But the problem is the holiday companies, as you probably well realise, have already spent your money on promotion and also securing the hotels, which they can't fly you to because the Foreign and Commonwealth Office uh, won't allow us to fly anywhere. And there's a small matter of coronavirus raging around the world at the moment. So what's to be done? 
Well, I will go into bat for everybody because when you look at it, you add it all up. If you've got a family going on holiday, you're talking about three or four thousand pounds uh, with all the expenses and uh, spending money as well and new clothes and making arrangements, uh, putting the cat into cattery, the dog into the doggery or wherever one puts kennels, I suppose that is. And so it begins to mount up. And remember, this money that you've shelled out to your friendly travel agent, who's acting as an agent for the operator, not for you, um, has taken the money, banked it somewhere, sent it off. You don't know where it's gone, really, but it's somewhere between the travel agent and the operator. So we'll say that uh, the holiday company's got the money. And now you're wondering, well, is it going to happen? Well, first of all, we can't travel anywhere. And secondly, even if you got there, wherever you were intending to go, the whole place is going to be different. All the hotels have been closed down. All the staff have either been, well, probably let go or they've gone back. If it's a cruise ship, they draw their staff, their crew, if you like, and the hotel staff from around about 35 different countries. So they've got to fly all those back in. They've got to suddenly start retraining people because the continual training programs have all gone. Uh, and the same, same with hotels. Uh, it's not going to be the same wherever you're going to go. That is the first thing to realise. Now, if you can afford to lose the money that you've already paid out to the travel companies, then fair enough. But if, like everybody else, money's a bit tight and you want the money back, the current situation is, as I understand it, as we are still in the EU, we haven't left yet, but you are due to get your money back within 14 days. They must give you a full refund, no deductions, and that is the law. The trouble is... In trying to make this work, they are putting up, they, the operators, the travel agents, are putting up all sorts of barriers because they're saying, well, uh, you must apply on this website uh, or you must make this telephone call or you must put in this piece of paper. And whatever you try and do, you'll find that you cannot get on there because they have been absolutely snowed under with requests for refunds. Now, obviously, if everybody, all the operators pay out, then many of them will go out of business because they are probably working on borrowed funds anyway. So they'll either have to borrow more money, but hopefully some of the bigger ones who have deeper pockets might have actually insured against a pandemic. Um, we don't know. Very few people have. And so they should be all right. But... I really think people have to be selfish and consider what do I want for my family and my future? How secure is my job going to be? Because I am the the uh, the winner, the funds breadwinner. That's the, the number. What I'm talking about, the name I was trying to conjure, the breadwinner. So why am I giving these people a donation in return for a piece of paper? If that company goes bust, now remember Thomas Cook went bust, uh, a string of airlines and holiday companies have gone bust over the years, right back to Courtline, way back in the 70s. And 
really a lot of people have lost a lot of money. Now, if you're left up holding a paper voucher for a holiday that might happen sometime in the future and the firm goes bust, you're not even what they call a secured creditor. You're unsecured and you're right behind everybody else uh, in the revenue, the liquidators who will put in millions of fees, I promise you, and all the other creditors, secured creditors, they will be paid out first. And then it will finally come down to, say, so much in the pound. However, if you've been very clever and paid at least £100, it's going to be over £100 of your, what's it, three or £4,000 invoice using a credit card, not a, a credit card, then you join in the credit card company in with the holiday firm. So the point is you actually have another line of attack. So uh, I would want, if I was not getting anywhere with the holiday company, I go straight to the credit card company and say, I want my money back. Here's the situation. They're not paying up. And if you really want to mess with them, you use a system called chargeback. They don't like this because what will happen if you put in a chargeback to the credit card company, they will lodge a formal complaint on your behalf and they will suck the money straight out of the client company. It won't be out of the credit card, card uh, holding. It'll be from the client or the merchant, as they're known as. And uh, the merchant will say, no, I'm not going to pay that. I'm going to fight it. But the point is, they will then have to allocate staff and resources in order to uh, get this knocked down. So it'll probably be easier on their part if they just settled your claim and walked away. So there are a couple of things to think about. Now, we are, we're not suggesting these firms are going to go bust, but we are living in very strange times at the moment. And frankly, if you think that... Uh, it's going to get any easier for the rest of the year, then, well, it isn't. I'm not, I've mentally written off the holiday season this year and I'm looking towards next year and I'm just hoping that some of the pubs and uh, restaurants will actually be open for Christmas uh, because we really don't know if this terrible pandemic is going to come round again which is highly possible. As soon as they lift the stay-at-home rules, uh, the medics are expecting the numbers to go up again. And that is the problem because there's always this time lag. So no matter what the politicians tell you, they don't know. They're like the rest of us. They're feeling their way at the moment. Um, they're not doing a terribly good job, has to be said. Uh, but we, we're getting off the main topic is of what we do about your holiday money. So my suggestion is that uh, if you can afford to lose the money, now think of that, if you can afford to lose the money, take the voucher. If you cannot afford to lose the money, then ask for a refund. And if you don't get any satisfaction with the company, and by the way, it's always best to put it in writing don't send emails. Do what they say and try and get it on the, the website. If that doesn't work, you then send a letter to the company secretary, a uh, formal letter uh, to their registered head office, 
putting out your demands, what you want. Uh, money saving experts have got some very good ideas on their website, and they'll be on uh, on talk the Talkback program uh, tomorrow with me, and uh, that's at one o'clock. And you'll find it on the BBC Sounds on BBC Ulster, so uh, you can see what see how the uh, debate progresses. Anyway, that is one o'clock on Thursday. Now, if we can actually get that done, then uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens because there might be a bailout somewhere, but I'm not too sure, to be quite honest, if there will be one. So we have to be very careful about this and see how it goes.